Ladies and gentlemen, now is the time for the host with no filter and the millennial who keeps him in check. Get ready for the stories that matter to you. It's Pushing the Limits with Brian Shapiro and Jamie D. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome. It is Pushing the Limits, and it is Tuesday. Thank you so much for joining us. May 2nd, can't believe Cinco de Mayo weekend is upon us. Uh, it is. Uh, we got a lot to get to today, of course, alongside my co-host, Mr. Jamie D. He doesn't want to be called Mr. D. I don't Please know don't why. Call me that. I don't know why. That's a, it's a compliment. That's, no, it's not. What's up, everybody? Welcome <laughs> in. It's a pleasure to have you guys here at Pushing the Limits. It's awesome. It's a great Tuesday. It's Taco Tuesday. I don't. I don't need tacos, man. You know what? So wait. I realize I've been saying that for like the past Maybe few weeks, and you keep saying that. That's why you're you don't always, like tacos at all. That's why you're always in the restroom. I just figured it wait, out. Wait, you don't like tacos at all? You're always in the restroom because you, you are eat- too. But wait, you don't like no, tacos I'm at all? Not. You don't like tacos for real? I, I do eat tacos, but it gives it, it gives you bathroom I- I- issues. Wait, every time I say Taco Tuesday, you're like, no, no tacos. No, I'm not. I don't. I'm not a big taco person. Uh, taco Bell once in a while. Pause. What's your favorite uh, cuisine then? What's my favorite cuisine? Fruit roll-ups. I don't know. Sir. Cuisine. Peanut butter like and jelly. No, no, like I, Italian I, food, I, Mexican I li- food. I like a good steakhouse. Uh, mm. I like Italian. Mm. I just don't like tacos. Anyway, welcome mm. to the show, everybody. Okay. Okay. Uh, we got a lot to get to today. Uh, coming up at the bottom of the hour. I don't know. Should I say controversial figure? Yes. Uh, I, I don't know. Shock value figure. Well, uh, this is a woman, a black female, who's you running to, for. You have to say black woman. Black female is so rude. Uh, no, I don't, I don't think that's rude at all. She's a black female. Uh, her name is Laverne Spicer. There's not a lot of black females that are Republicans in office or running for office. I actually think that's a good thing. Her name is Laverne Spicer. Very opinionated, very controversial, huge Donald Trump supporter. And I'm really looking forward to talking to her. She's going to be joining us at the bottom of the hour. Laverne Spicer. By the way, no, I'm excited for that. no relation to Sean Spicer, the former White House uh, uh, communications director. Uh, but Laverne Spicer will be joining us coming up at the bottom of the hour. Then in hour number two, very funny comic. Uh, he's appeared on some of my favorite shows like Curb Your Enthusiasm uh, and Funny People, which was awesome. Uh, very, 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 very funny guy. Uh, Mr. Cohen's going to be joining us in hour number two. And uh, he's also uh, Mark Cohen, uh, not to be confused with Michael Cohen, Donald Trump's former attorney, by the way. Uh, but Mark <laughs> Cohen's going to be joining us in the studio. Uh, you know, I got to start off with something serious. And usually I don't do that. Uh, but the breaking news that has come out, it's national news. It's big local news. It's big national news. Former Las Vegas Raiders. Star football player, because he was, Henry Ruggs. Let me give a little background on why, uh, we're because t- the, it seems like there's a plea deal that's going to be entered in. But uh, if you don't remember this story, let me give you a little bit of background really quick for our listeners. Henry Ruggs was going 156 miles an hour on Rainbow Boulevard out here, drunk in the middle of the night. Killed an innocent young lady the name of Tina Tintor, who worked at a local Walmart. He killed her and her dog, innocent person and her dog. Let me repeat that again. In a 35-mile-an-hour zone, Henry Ruggs was going 156 miles an hour. 156 miles an hour. Do people even realize how fast that is? And he was drunk. That's ridiculously fast. It's, It's insane. And this poor woman, and I'm sorry to be graphic, but in this instance, I have to. She burned alive. There are videos of her screaming in pain as she was trapped in the car and her last moments were being burned alive. So why am I bringing this up today? Well, I'll tell you why. Because I am pissed off and I am angry but not surprised. Because Ruggs defense attorneys we know waive the right to a 
preliminary hearing, and now they have copped a plea deal. And in this plea deal, Ruggs will plead guilty. And guess how much jail time he could be facing? How much? Three to ten years. What does Mm. that mean in real time? He's going to spend three years behind bars. He's going to be 18 months behind bars. Right. Get out on good behavior. For killing an innocent woman. We're not talking about going through a stop sign and killing somebody. We're not even talking about going 20 miles over the speed limit and killing somebody. We're talking about killing somebody drunk and killing somebody going over 100 miles an hour over the speed limit. Mm. And he's only going to get several years in prison. And I had a bunch of people text me this morning because I've covered this story Mm -hmm. and I've covered it since the day it happened. And people have asked me, what do you think he deserves? Let me tell you something. If he got 10 years mandatory, I would have said that's not enough. Mm. Our laws in this country are a joke. I call it the injustice system. But if you have money, unless I agree, our justice system is not set up well for those that are poor, for minorities. We are not all treated equally, especially in our justice system. And, right. and, and you know, I would, I would never say otherwise. But if you have money, and even if you're black, Bill Cosby is a perfect example of what I'm talking about. Mm. O.J. Simpson is a perfect example of what I'm talking about. Mm. Forget about color of skin for a moment. If you're wealthy and you're a celebrity and you're powerful and you have money and you have the opportunity to hire some of the most skilled, I guess I would use that term, attorneys that are expensive, the best attorneys around, you get deals like this. That's yep. why Henry Ruggs got that deal. Jamie, if it was you or I, I guarantee you. We would get a life in prison. We probably <laughs> we probably we probably wouldn't get life, but I will tell you this. I probably would. I'm a black man with no money. <laughs> uh, if you don't have I, I hear what you're saying. If you don't we can all agree on this, it would have been a harsher punishment. Yeah. I don't know if you would have gotten life, but it would have been a harsher punishment. They would have they, they made an example out of me. Perhaps. I think Henry Ruggs should have been made an example of, to be quite honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um and there are other cases around the country of people with money that hire good attorneys that mm-hmm. that kill people on the road drunk driving. And, and, and this wouldn't be the only case where you get a couple of years in prison. And it's horrible. And I'm just as angry at those cases as I am of this. But I'm not sure how you can find a more egregious situation than this. And listen, I understand that Richard Schoenfeld... And David Chesnoff, who I spoke to earlier today on the phone, uh, texting him, um, are celebrity attorneys. They're skilled defense attorneys. I get that. But I want to read for you a statement that they made. And I understand there are attorneys that want to represent their client to the best of their ability. I do understand that. But they made a very brief statement and they said this is the first step toward a fair resolution to this matter. And we look forward to closure for all the parties involved. The nerve of these attorneys to make a statement like that. First of all, you think this is a fair resolution? What if somebody drove 156 miles an hour drunk and killed your daughter? Mm -hmm. And then they got three years in jail, let's just say. Would you call that a fair resolution? Oh, Brian, don't let your emotions get into it. This is the legalities of... No, it's not. Stop it with your stupid fair resolution. And we look forward to closure. You think all the parties are going to have closure? You never have closure! Nope. I just lost my sister three months ago and and to to, to no fault of her own. I'm never going to have closure there. Right. This woman was murdered. This is murder. You go 156 miles... An hour on a 35-mile-an-hour zone drunk and you kill somebody? Henry Ruggs is a murderer as far as I'm concerned. Oh, but Brian, it was involuntary. No, it's not. 
I'm sick of these people that say involuntary. When you decide that you're drunk and you get into a vehicle, you are playing Russian roulette with society. Oh, but Brian, they didn't mean to do it. If you put one bullet in a gun and you spray it, oh, I didn't mean to kill somebody, but you could. When you get into a car drunk and you drive 156 miles an hour, chances are you're probably going to kill somebody. Mm -hmm. Is that involuntary? Is that what we do in, in our society right now? Is, is, that, is that what we're saying to people? That if you decide to get drunk and kill somebody going 156 miles an hour, we'll give you a second chance. Oh, not, not 30 years down the road, not 20 years down the road, maybe on good behavior, three years. Let me ask you this. Do you not believe that they should get a second chance of life? Well, first of all, Tina Tintor doesn't have a second chance of life. She's she six feet is, underneath the ground. Horrible. So let me start by, by saying that mm -hmm. she does not have a second chance of life. Her father and mother will never be able to hug her again, her brothers and sisters. She right. has no second chance. So that's number one. Number right. two, I don't believe Henry Ruggs deserves a second chance of playing in the NFL. Give him 20 years in jail. Okay. Let him go out a man my age in his mid-40s, with no opportunity to ever play football again. That's what I think. Mm -hmm. Now, if you want to give him a second chance at... I said at life. I didn't say at football. Yeah. that's So that's where I would so, start. So do you, do you believe he should have a second chance at life? Do you? I want to ask you, because you're, you're getting very heated, and I, I understand yeah. why, and I agree. However, I want to understand, do you not give people in these situations grace? Again, what they did was egregious. It was a horrible situation. He should have never taken the action to get drunk and drive. I, and he has to face these consequences. I right. wholeheartedly believe that. But do you give these people grace when they make mistakes, when they do things that are out of body, out of body actions and end up with these horrible situations they're in? Yeah, that's a fair question. I will say this. I don't think what he did is an out of body. Well, when you're drunk AF. Yeah, but he I mean, chose to do that. Nobody forced him to drink and get into a car. That was his choice. So I'll start by saying okay. that if you're saying, you know, an accident to me is, is, um, you lock your keys in your car. It's no accident when you decide to get into a car drunk. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'll start by saying that. Now, if you want to ask me, do I think everybody that kills somebody that's drunk should get life in prison without the possibility of parole? I would say no. Mm -hmm. But what I will say is we need to find some more middle ground here. Mm -hmm. If you kill somebody and you're drunk, in my opinion, a minimum mandatory sentence of 10 years. Mm. Minimum. Mm. What do I think Henry Rugg should have gotten? He's 24 years old, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. He's 24. Put him in jail until he's 44 years old. Mm. So he has no chance. He'll have a second chance at life. He can still have kids. He can still get married. Mm. But he will never be a professional athlete ever again. At least I would say to myself, okay, at least they took something very important away from him. Now, I don't know if Henry Ruggs will ever play professional football again. He very well might. He's still going to be in his 20s when he gets out of jail. Mm -hmm. That's where I have a and huge problem. And do you believe a team will actually pick him up after I don't, this situation? I don't know. That's a hard question for me to answer. I don't know. He's going to have to stay in shape. He's mm -hmm. going to have to eat healthy. Well, I mean, he's in jail. A lot of people get to stay in shape in jail. <laughs> True. He will have a chance. It will be very controversial. But he will have a chance. And my point is... He doesn't deserve that chance. Tina mm -hmm. Tintor is dead. Mm -hmm. She doesn't have anything anymore. She's dead. Mm -hmm. And there are different levels of when you kill somebody. For example, I will give you an example. There are true accidents in life, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. I didn't mean to do that. Like, listen, you went through a stop sign. You didn't see the stop sign. You weren't mm -hmm. on your phone texting somebody. You just didn't see the stop sign and you killed somebody. Mm-hmm. To me, that's a true accident. It's terrible. And you mm -hmm. have to live with that for the rest of your life. Um, you, you, you gave somebody food. You cooked somebody food. You didn't mm -hmm. know they had a food allergy. They died from 
that's a true accident, right? You didn't do it on purpose. What Henry Ruggs did is not an accident. Mm -hmm. I hate it when people use that. When you decide to get into your car drunk, that's not an accident to me. Okay. You can make the claim in court, he didn't mean to do it. He didn't wake up and say, I want to kill an innocent person today. He didn't get into his car thinking, boy, I hope I kill somebody. But mm-hmm. that doesn't mean it's an accident. Right. Your reckless behavior and your horrendous decision-making mm-hmm. are the reason why Tina Tinter is dead. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm so angry, Jamie, because he doesn't deserve a second chance at football. And I am fearful that because maybe, and I say maybe because I don't know if this is true or not, maybe if he gets out of jail, maybe because of his talents and abilities, an NFL team just maybe will say, hey, let's take a chance on him. Let's give him a 10-day contract. Let's give him a one-year contract. Mm. And I don't want that to happen because that is such a shot in the face to this poor woman's family right Right. now that are obviously will never get over this horrible situation. Listen, there's going to be a civil suit, just like in the OJ case, right? There's going to be a civil suit. Uh, He's not going to have any money by the time he gets out of jail, I would imagine, Right. right? But I don't know. I don't know what you guys think about this, but I'm looking. I look at a picture right now of Tina Tintor and her dog, who sadly both were... Their lives were taken with this horrible, horrible tragedy. Uh, Nick Saban has said he's a good kid. Derek Carr has said he needs people to love him. You know, I don't want to hear those idiots. I don't want to hear those idiots like Nick Saban. Yes, I'm calling Nick Saban and Derek Carr. I understand they were friends of Henry Ruggs, but shut up. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear what a great kid he was. If he was so great, he wouldn't have gotten into a car drunk going 156 miles per hour. Because your life can be defined by one horrible mistake like that it damn well should Mm -hmm. and henry ruggs in my opinion will always be known as the man who murdered an innocent woman Mm. always in my mind now i hope when he gets out of jail he does something good for society for Mm -hmm. example going into classrooms talking about the mistake that he made Mm -hmm. so maybe he can save another life i think that's the best thing he can do when he gets out of jail we will see now with that being said though will you ever find it in your heart to forgive an individual like this Even if they no. do go into the community no. and they give back and they try to no. do better with their lives. That's, no? just, that's just the way I am. Okay. If you make a decision and you kill somebody because of your horrible decision making, that's something that I will never say, hey, don't worry about it. You made a mistake. Let's move on. Uh-uh. No, sorry. Never going to do that because somebody did that to my family. Mm-hmm. Somebody did that to my family and I lost my grandmother. It's part of the reason why I lost my sister mm-hmm. several months ago. And my parents had traumatic brain injuries, and I will never, ever forgive that person that did that to my family. Never. Now, that person is since deceased, but I don't care. I will never forgive. Now, people are different than me, and some people are different, and I respect that. And some people say, listen, with a heavy heart, you know, I'm going to forgive you. And that they are entitled to do that. If the Mm. Tintor family wants to eventually forgive this guy... Mm. I leave that up to them. That's personal, and, and I would never interfere with that. I'm just telling you, me personally, yeah. I never will forgive somebody for doing something like that. When you decide to get into a car going 156 miles an hour, drunk, and by the way, you look at the behavior of, of, of Ruggs in the moments after, while this woman is burning to death, and he was only seemed to be only concerned about himself, and then I heard from very good sources that were in the hospital that he was swearing at the nurses and the doctors in the hospital, and his behavior was repugnant and disgusting. So I don't mm. want to hear Nick Saban, some, I almost swore, some football coach, uh, oh, he was a really good kid. Is Nick, what has Nick Saban said about Tina Tintor? What what is What has Derek Carr said about you, the victim? You know what? I do want to ask you because i'm curious do you believe that just because and hear me out i'm not 
saying this is my opinion, but do you believe that just because somebody made a mistake, yes, he took this upon himself to get drunk and get in the car and drive, and his his, his action has killed somebody. She died a horrible death. Mm-hmm. But do you think that erases the fact that he was a good kid, he was an individual that helped out others, that he wasn't an individual who would try to do these things and he made a mistake? Well, here's Does that thing. erase all of that to you? Here's the thing. Even if all that is true, and by the way, I don't know if it's true or not, even if he was a model citizen, mm-hmm. doesn't mean anything to me. Okay, so so it does erase it. One action erases everything to you. Well, sure. I mean, okay. let me ask you a question. If somebody's a model citizen and they they uh, raise money for charity their whole life, they help mm-hmm. the homeless, but they murder somebody. Does that, does it, that matter? It, it depends on which way, how they murder somebody. Personally, I agree with you in this entire situation. He does need to suffer the consequences of his actions. However, if you ask me... If a model citizen who actually has a clean record, who didn't mean to do something, and, and their actions ended up killing somebody, and we see what that action was, depending on what it was, I may forgive them. I may not. I may not erase everything they did in the, in the past because, like you just said, there's one action that may define your entire life. As an individual who has been in situations like this before, mm-hmm. where I've almost gotten into an accident because somebody almost hit me drunk driving yeah. and so on and so forth, it's scary. I get it. Mm-hmm. I have never been in Tina's situation because I'm alive, thank God. But I also understand that. When people drink, even when they don't mean to drink as much as they did or they thought they ate and situations happen, I try to give people grace because you never know how that alcohol may have affected them, how that weed may have affected them, how that drug that they took that day have affected them. Yes, they shouldn't have never done it, but I mean, I don't try to erase everything that a well, person has done because of one situation. Here's, here's what if I, that answers your question. Yeah, here's Again, what, not talking about Henry. I'm talking, I was answering your question specifically. Yeah, I understand. So here's what I try to do when I look at situations like this. I heard and I saw the video of Tina Tintor burning to death. Yeah, it was very tragic. I heard the screams that she was making from her car. And I choose to, when I think of this story, think about that and the suffering that she had to go through in the last moments of her life. Mm -hmm. And not maybe some story about Henry Ruggs working at a soup kitchen or raising money for charity. If he did that, great. But I don't care because he killed an innocent woman. Now, I understand what you're saying if you have somebody with a criminal record who has done horrible things in their life, then you're going to have probably, you're you're probably not going to um, forgive as easily. That's just the kind of person that I am. And like I said, that is a, this is a personal thing we are talking about now. If people want to forgive, listen, I've seen in the courtroom criminals that have raped people, that have killed people. And I've actually seen their parents get up there in the courtroom and say, I forgive you. Listen, yeah, that is their. It's up prerogative. to them to forgive, not me. That is that is their prerogative, and that's how they are. I tell right. you, if somebody did that to a member of my family, I would want them to die a horrible death. That's I agree. Just, I mean, because um, you, me and you probably handle situations differently than other people, um, and also too, you you also don't think about people's religion and what they what they're being told behind the scenes to make them forgive. A lot of times, people also don't forgive you for you. They forgive them for themselves well, because they want to move on. But I do though, Jamie, and here's why: because as I said earlier, it's a personal thing, just like religion. Religion yeah. is personal. And this is a personal thing. Mm-hmm. It, like I said, if the Tina Tintor family wants to forgive Henry Ruggs, I give them all the power in the world to do that. If that's what they want to do, that is their choice mm-hmm. and that is anybody's choice. I'm just giving you my personal opinions are when you go 156 miles an hour yeah. driving drunk, 
I don't care if you worked in a soup kitchen or what you've done in your past life. Mm-hmm. You murdered somebody. Mm-hmm. You killed somebody because of your stupidity mm-hmm. and your selfishness and your horrendous actions that night. Yep. And I do not personally believe this, and this has nothing to do with forgiving, right. that if some, that if you do that, three years in jail, and then you're back into society. Yeah. It's one thing to say. I feel like that's, that's a very ludicrous sentence. If, he, if, right. they, if, they, if the judge does go with just three years, that, that's, that's horrible. That's a slap in the face of the family yes. because you should... It sucks because he is an African-American man, but you should make an example out of him because you don't want these celebrities and those who have money and power to think that they can use that to get away from their actions and, and run away from the things that they did that were horrible to society. No, yeah, but let's let's be honest here. The reason why Henry Ruggs is only probably going to spend three years in jail. There are multiple reasons. He has money. He has yep. the best attorneys that money can buy. He is a celebrity. I personally believe that if Henry Ruggs was a guy working, you know, a, a job making $10 an hour, he probably would have gotten at least 10 years in jail. Yep. I really do believe that. And in our injustice system, if you have money and you're a celebrity, you are treated differently, in my personal opinion as a whole, than people out there who do not have money and who are not celebrities. Yes, I do think race plays a factor in a lot of cases. It does. I do believe that. But in this situation... uh, if you have money, it doesn't matter what the color of your skin is. Bill Cosby, again, a perfect example of that. Yes, I believe O.J. Simpson is guilty of double murder. He was found innocent. Johnny Cochran, Robert Shapiro, Bailey, these were very skilled attorneys, mm-hmm. and everybody knew who O.J. Simpson was, and that played a role. Um, that's why we are not treated as equals in our justice system, whether it be the color of your skin, mm-hmm. how much money you have, your celebrity status. I have seen it time and time again. Mm-hmm. I've seen it. I've covered it. I've covered big court cases. I covered the right. OJ case. Now, listen, the, the second OJ case was very different because I believe that was more retribution. You mm-hmm. know, what happened at Powell Station here, I believe that was more retribution. We believe you did this 20, 30 years ago, so now we're going to get you. Right. Um, so so in that aspect, I think OJ probably was treated unfairly right. in, in the court, which is wrong also, if we're going to be fair. Mm-hmm. But I'm not surprised I'm not surprised that he got three to 10 and he's probably only going to spend three years. I'm not surprised. And I've Mm. talked to a lot of attorneys that specialize in this sort of thing. And they told me, yeah, you know, he doesn't have any priors. He's got a lot of money. Probably going to be a plea deal. They're not going to go to trial. Listen, if this one, I wish this went to trial. Um, But why do you wish it went to trial? So we got more evidence and Mm. everything came out. Mm. And I think he would have gotten a harsher punishment. I'm also angry at the prosecutor. More evidence like what? What else do you need? He was drunk. He was driving over well, the speed because, limit crazily. Because Henry Ruggs' attorneys made some ridiculous claims that the reason why the car caught fire was a car malfunction and nothing to do with, you know, Henry Ruggs. I mean, they, mm. they made statements that were so egregious. Mm. They said it was the car malfunctioning. But that, that that's already out for the public to, to see, right? I, I understand. But that's why I wanted all the information to come out. What other information do you need? I'm trying to get to that point. Uh, Because I wanted him to face the music and all the facts to come out because there was no defense for what he did. And I wanted him to get, Mm. because if you go to trial, there's no plea deal. You're going to get a harsher punishment. Now, I'm sure the, there we go. That's what I'm sure the prosecutors would say, well, listen, we don't know if we would have been able to get, you know, a guilty here, a guilty there. Let's just end it right now. And listen, prosecutors do this all the time. I disagree with it. I disagree, especially when someone has lost their life. I disagree. Go to trial. Go to trial. Um, and, you know, there are people that are saying, and they're disagreeing with me, or somebody saying that, you know, I'm the joke here. Let me be very clear. Wait, who's saying it's your joke? Well, and, I'll explain, and how? I'll explain. Um, 
This is no joke. A 23-year-old innocent woman was burned alive and killed because of the actions of one person named Henry Ruggs who decided to get into a car drunk while driving 156 miles an hour. That's not a joke. What is a joke is that in this society, Jamie, you can do something like that and get three years in jail. Forget about getting a second chance 20 years, 30 years down the road. He's going to get a second chance. And by the way, he hasn't been in jail. He's been out of jail with an ankle bracelet, able to spend time with his family. Even the ankle bracelet came off and, uh, a correct. couple months ago. Correct. So correct. he's just been able to do whatever the hell he wants. Correct. Uh, I wonder if, if, if we drove 156 miles an hour, which we wouldn't, but if we did, and we were drunk and we killed somebody, if we wouldn't be spending time in jail. I wonder. So this isn't a joke. My heart goes out to the Tintor family, as I've said time and time again over the last several years. It's horrible. And um, I'm very frustrated, as you can tell. I'm yeah. angry. And um, I never want something like this to happen again. Unfortunately, I was, I don't know what happened, but, you know, I was driving home. I live close to uh, Decatur and the 95 and the entire 95 northbound lanes last night were closed for a uh, fatal accident. Now, I don't know what happened. I don't know if it was a DUI crime. But unfortunately, people die in this country every day in car accidents, and uh, there's too many DUIs out there. We live in a 24-7 town, and some people can't handle it. Mm-mm. But um, we're going to continue to monitor this story. I texted Henry Ruggs' attorney, Mr. Chestnoff, David Chestnoff, earlier today. He's always been good about getting back to me. And he gave me the written statement that they had, and hopefully we'll have him on the show a few weeks down the road. But uh, this is a very, very sad situation. I do want to poke a little bit of fun, by the way, at Mike Lindell uh, in a little bit here. But coming up next, uh, as I mentioned earlier, woman who's running for office, and she's running for office congressional candidate for Florida 22, and... Her name is Laverne Spicer, and she's going to be joining us next, and she has some very choice words for Joe Biden and Joe Biden's administration. So uh, we're going to take a break, and she'll be joining us next, and I know it's going to be an entertaining interview, and it's going to be a lot of fun, so she'll be joining us next. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and uh, we'll be back after this with Laverne Spicer. You are listening to Pushing the Limits right here on 107.1 FM, 1400 AM, KSHB. Everybody, are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it.
everybody. It's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment, and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound, and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes, and more. They also offer general wellness exams, treatments such as testosterone enhancement, and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices. Office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client. So please give them a call, 702-248-0554. Buying or selling a home is a huge life event that requires guidance from an expert in the industry and community. My name is Blake Wynn. You may recognize my name as my grandfather was the best governor the state of Nevada has ever had. Growing up in Las Vegas, I've come to know this community intricately. Now, I am raising a family here as well. So I understand all the issues impacting our home and quality of life. As the top realtor for the number one real estate team at Keller Williams, you can have confidence in my experience, knowledge, and track record. When it comes to buying, selling, or investing in real estate, choose a name you can trust and someone who understands the community you call home. Call Blake Wynn today and experience the difference of a trusted expert. 702-540-3311. Do you want Welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Tuesday. Thank you so much for joining us alongside Jamie D. I'm Brian Shapiro. You know, we uh, I interview so many different candidates across the country all the time. And I always like hearing different perspectives from different people and opinionated people. And the lady we have with us on the line right now, certainly she's opinionated, and I never have a problem with that because I'm opinionated as well. Her name is Laverne Spicer. She's running for congr- congressional candidate for Florida 22. And uh, she joins us right now. Uh, Laverne, thank you so much for being here. How are you? What's up, Laverne? How are you? Thank you, Brian. Thank you all for having me on. Of course. I, I, I appreciate you coming on. You look much better in pink than I do. Let me just start by saying that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let me ask you the basic question to start. Why did you decide to put your hat in the ring, so to speak, and uh, run for Congress? Why did you decide to do this? Well, uh, one of the reasons, the main reason is, and I always talk about this anytime I invite you on anyone's show, is because um, many years ago I started a food pantry in my neighborhood because I saw the need was so great. You know, I saw so many homeless people staying in the streets. Many of them are seniors, many of them are veterans, and I saw people struggling to make the needs meet on a daily basis. So we started the food bank and it's been in existence for like over 20 plus years now. And um, that was one of the reasons because I said, Hey, you know, I've been helping everybody else run for office. Uh, I might as well just go for it and do it for myself. Laverne, I'm happy to hear that. I'm happy to hear that you have a food bank that you're also giving back to the community in Florida. However, can you clarify for those who are listening, what position are you actually running for? Because I'm, I'm looking at your website and it just says Spice for Congress, but there's not much detail there. 
Okay, I'm running for District 22 mm-hmm. uh, in Florida. Okay. Uh, for Congress for U.S. House, and awesome. um, I believe that we need strong fighters, and um, that are going to stand up and fight for this country, and that are willing to make a change for this country, and you know that are really vocal about that because. There are a lot of people in Congress, but it's kind of strange how it's like you only hear a few names called on a daily basis. So it's Mm -hmm. like, you know, what's going on with the rest of them? Are they truly fighting for us? Are they standing up for this Mm -hmm. country, especially now, you know, with everything that's taking place? Right. Let's let's talk a little bit about some of the statements you have made. I want to start with Twitter because this is very disturbing. Nobody deserves to be talked to like this or treated like this. Some of the words I can't even use on the radio, but you've been called the N-word, you said. You've been called a coon, a monkey. That is despicable. I think we all could agree on that. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter whether you're a Republican or Democrat. That's despicable, and I'm sorry that people use those terms for you. It's horrible. Right. You did say, though, that Democrats call me that, and Republicans call me future Congresswoman Spicer. So I guess the question I would ask you, and I think we all agree that's horrible, and I'm so sorry that happened to you. Why are you saying that only Democrats called you those things? I mean, anybody that calls you that is terrible, but why why are you saying only Democrats? For many years, let me make this clear. For many years of my life, I was a very dedicated Democrat. Mm -hmm. You know, I I truly believed in the party. I fought for the issues that they represented. And um, what happened was that when Trump was running and I began to listen to some of the things that he st- he stood for and some of the things that he was fighting for. Mm-hmm. And I think the main thing that caught my attention about him was the fact that he was so vocal. You know, he wasn't hiding what he had to say. He wasn't beating around the bush. It didn't matter who it was that he had something to say mm-hmm. uh, or talk about. You know, he put them on blast mm-hmm. and that caught my attention in itself. So that's one of the reasons why I decided to become a Republican Mm -hmm. and started fighting as a Republican. And one of the things that I noticed when you're a Democrat, you know, they don't care what you say or what you stand for. Nobody, they don't come in and attack you. Mm -hmm. But once you switched over to become a Republican, and that's for anybody that's black, it doesn't even matter. As long as you're black, you're going to get attacked. You're going to get called all the N-words. You're going to get called the coons. All of that come with Mm. the territory. You know, that's just what they do because they want to discourage you and tell you to get back in your place, come Mm. back where you belong. First of all, I'm an independent thinker and I can articulate and speak very well for anything that I want to stand up and fight about. And I'm Mm. already in my place because Mm. I'm fighting for what I believe in. Um, and fighting for this country. So, Laverne, so you- I, don't care, I, don't, I don't care about the name calling. You know, True is very ignorant, mm-hmm. but that just shows the mentality of the people. But the, but the more shameful part is the same ones that are, are saying that type of dirty, nasty, uh, vulgar stuff. Mm-hmm. It's the same ones that are voting for the same people over and over in their community that don't even help they, mm-hmm. uh, you know what, in the first place. So why would you keep voting for the same people that are not helping you and you all spend so much time complaining and fighting for the same thing over and over again, but you're not getting anywhere because you keep electing the same people in office over and over again? 
Laverne, the point that you made was that you appreciated Trump for his rhetoric and other Republicans because they spoke their mind. They told the truth about what they were thinking inside and about politics and so on and so forth. However, that's just a way of speech. That is rhetoric. That's not so much the politics and the policies that Republicans believe in. Can you explain to me what specific policies that you actually agree with that Republicans agree with? Well, some of the policies I agree with, for one, is the fact that we need to close the border. Mm -hmm. We have open borders. We have people that are coming here by the millions that have not been vetted. Mm -hmm. We don't know who they are. The only thing we know is that they're coming here and they're getting the benefits. But what about the Americans that work to build this country in the first place? Mm -hmm. Where is their sweat equity that they put into this country to help build this country? And and now they are starving. You know, they have a, a very low income. Some of them can't afford to buy food. Some of them can't afford to make it in this uh, uh, on a daily basis. And a, and a lot of them are also forced to adopt their grandkids. And so you're, you're, where you're is blaming it? this on people where who are coming anything in it for them, you know. And you're, but, you're blaming this on people who are who are coming from coming into our country illegally, correct? Is that what you're saying? Well I'm talking about the ones that are coming in illegally, mm -hmm, not right. the ones that are coming legally. So I'm talking about the ones sure. that are coming So would you agree with, with would you agree with me, Laverne, though, that this isn't a Democrat problem or a Republican problem? It's an American problem mm -hmm. that has been going on for decades and decades and decades. And don't you think Republicans and Democrats probably need to work together to come up with better solutions? I agree with you. It's certainly a crisis. Uh, I don't know if I'd characterize it as the border being wide open, but certainly I think we could agree there are too many people that are undocumented in this country. I agree with you there, but... But uh, there are a lot of people crossing the border illegally and those that overstay their visas during the Trump administration as well. Were you criticizing Trump for that as well? Well, what I'm saying is that we have open borders and something needs to be done about it. Something needs to be done about these people that are coming over here illegally. So what do you think should be done? What's your solution? And one thing, one thing about it, the borders were open before Trump was in office. So I can't blame that on him. Right. And so again, what about the elected officials that was in there all the time that allowed okay. it to happen in the first gotcha. place? Gotcha. I understand. So I want to read it. I want, just want to read another tweet that you, that you have out. Um, and I want you to receive. So you said there shall be no Biden 2024 under my watch. I, I understand you're not a Joe Biden supporter. So I understand why you would say that. You said the basement dweller needs to sit down somewhere and let someone without serious dementia run this nation. Uh, I guess my question to you is, do you, do you have any medical experience to make a claim like that, that, that Joe Biden has dementia? Well, no, I'm not a medical doctor or anything, but it when he when he's when he's speaking a lot of times he forget what it is that he's even talking about in the first place. Well, he's eighty years old, right? I mean, he's, I mean, yeah, he's eighty years old, so that's going to come with the territory. Sure, but do you think that's appropriate for somebody running for Congress saying that he has dementia? When you and again, with all due respect, you just admitted it that you don't have any medical experience and you're not the only one, by the way. There's a lot of people on the right that don't like Joe Biden and they say he has Alzheimer's, they say he has dementia. And then I say, what's your medical expertise? And, and they don't have any. Do you, uh, would you say that's why not just I guess my question is, why not just focus on the policies you don't like instead of claiming that he has dementia? When you, mm -hmm. let's be honest, you don't know what, what he has. Right. Well, you know, I didn't make the claim. Furthermore, I didn't. Well, what I'm saying is this is it is written 
It is it is what they are writing. It's what they are saying. You see it all the time on the news and the newspapers and the news. Who's articles. saying that he has dementia? So it's not like I initiated the claim. No, I understand. I, I'm not saying you did. I understand. I'm not claiming I you. I didn't initiate that claim. Right. I I understand. I'm not saying you initiated it. I'm just saying the people that are saying those types of things are people that have no medical expertise. They haven't given him a physical. I'm just saying I believe that to be a little bit irresponsible, but let's move on. You said Joe Biden wants transgenders and drag queens to run American schools. What what policies has Joe Biden put forward to lead you to believe that he wants drag queens to run American schools? Well, you know, I'm I'm I was I'm from the era of the 60s. I was born in the 60s. We didn't have drag queens in our school. And this has changed on Biden's watch, on his watch as the president. So something is going on when we see drag queens that they are trying to have in these classrooms and as well as all these uh, textbooks that they are writing that is uh, about kids having sex and stuff, you know, so some, it started on his watch. Can you, can you, cause maybe I'm ignorant to this. Can you tell me in what schools do they have drag queens everywhere teaching kids? Well, they show it all the time on social media. Can, can you give me like one school kids. where that's happening? Well, can, whether it's in dread, whether it's in school or whether it's in a club where they're taking these kids to, where you see the drag queens and you see the mothers sitting there with their little babies and stuff. If if you have to be an adult to get into a club, if you're going into a grocery store, you got to be 18 or mm-hmm. 21 or whatever to buy beer, to purchase an alcoholic beverage. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is that, so why? You're, so, so you're saying young kids are going into 18 and over and 21 and over clubs, children and parents are taking those kids into clubs with drag queens. That's terrible if that's happening. Where is that happening? They show it all the time on social media. So, Brian, I I do it all the time. So, Laverne, I see it all the time. Laverne, you're not incorrect because she is right. There are a lot of videos out there that show parents bringing their children and babies Mm -hmm. to drag brunches, Mm -hmm. not really drag clubs, but drag brunches, or they have their own private party Mm -hmm. where there are drag queens there. However, one thing that I want to make mention of is that, Laverne, you said this is Joe Joe Biden's issue. I want to make it very clear. Drag queens have been around way before you and I. One. Two, drag queens have been in and out of different spaces that we don't know about. Three, we didn't have social media, and you probably didn't have social media back in your time when you were growing up as much as we do now. So you probably weren't being made aware of all the different spaces drag queens are in. However, I don't see how you believe this is a joke. I doubt body. that in the 60s, people spent their time entertaining drag queens. You, I you, that, that, that's that's that. fine that you doubt that, Laverne, because you were not giving drag queens exposure and going out and spending your money to watch them. That's fine. That's you and your parents. I respect you and your parents. However, what you cannot say is that this was not already happening. Joe Biden is not in these schools every day saying you should do this. You shouldn't do this. You can do this and you cannot do this. These are people who are part of private and public entities that Joe Biden probably doesn't even know about that are making the conscious decision to have these drag queens in their schools. On top of that, when you're looking at these different private companies that are having drag brunches and so on they are having p- 
people who made the decision outside of Joe Biden, because I'm sure these people don't have Joe Biden's phone number, to bring their children into these spaces. I think what we're what we're not remembering is that these drag queens are coming in to talk about inclusion and fun. Just the same way as we needed black people to come into classrooms and talk about diversity and inclusion, they're doing the same exact thing. Different things. That's two you, you, different. You think there are two different things. So if, if you're if you're just joining us, she is Laverne Spicer. She is running uh, for Congress in Florida, District 22. Um, so uh, Laverne, you believe that Joe Biden uh, wants to teach kids how to masturbate? You said that on uh, social media. Do you believe you believe that? Excuse me. You said on Twitter that Joe Biden wants transgenders and drag queens to run American schools while teaching kids about masturbation. What uh, they're already in the schools. They're already doing that. That's I mean, if you, you look think at the drag queens are doing that, about, if you look at the books that they have out, mm-hmm. that's the type of stupidity that they have in these books <laughs> that these kids should not be exposed to. In other countries, they are teaching their kids education, mathematics, right. how to succeed in life. And in this country, we are teaching kids about drag queens. And on the same token, we have taken prayer completely out of school and replaced it with drag queens. Laverne, we I wholeheartedly have to dis- I wholeheartedly have to disagree that drag queens are coming in and teaching our students about masturbation. I can tell you when I was in middle school and high school, our Caucasian white PE teacher was the one who taught us about masturbation and taught us about sex and making sure we do not contract STDs. I can tell you that in fifth grade, I had Caucasian white male teachers and women Caucasian teachers who split up the boys and the girls and told us about our genitalia. I am so confused to why you think that this is a new topic that's being brought into our school. We've been being, we have been being taught about masturbation, sex and STDs. I'm confused. Well, that's the parent's job. You know, that's the parent's job at the end of the day to decide when and if and when they want to have those type of subjects, sexual subjects. I don't agree. I I don't disagree. I don't disagree. That's with their kids. A lot of people, they want the right to have those type of topics. Now, Laverne, though, kids. A lot these, of people these don't schools. even want their kids being entertained by that type of so, stuff. Laverne, let me ask you this. Do, do you have kids, Laverne? Christian environment. Laverne, Laverne, do you have kids? Yes, I have kids. Okay, and when, when your kids were in these classrooms, when they were talking about sex, did your kids not bring home a letter asking you if it's okay if they're taught about these topics and for you to sign off on that? No. Right, listen, they didn't. My and, kids and, and I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. That's not the issue. All of that. Okay. All of that started at home. Okay. All of that started at home. Okay. So, so you I had, didn't need gotcha. the classrooms or the teachers to teach my kids about anything because uh, that's my job. So Laverne, I will tell you. I will tell you. If I want to talk about sex, right? That's my job. If I want them to be exposed to that, mm-hmm. and I'm sure a lot of people in this country feel the same way. That's their jobs as parents to make that decision, right. and they don't want the school board deciding that for them. So Laverne, I, 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 I want to challenge you since you're running for House Representative to make this one of your policies where we're actually being more involved in our school systems because when I was in school I had to bring a letter to my parents having them sign off for me to even be in that classroom they talked about genitalia and sex and so did my younger sisters I don't know what schools that you've been through or your children have been through and I'm sorry that you guys didn't have that option but I want to implore you because you are running for Congress that you make that a part of your policies if you're so strong on this issue this should be one of the issues you believe in yeah, it should be. You know, it should be. People should people should be making that 
decision. That's their child. They the one gave birth to their child or adopted that child or however they got that child. That should be their right and their discussion gotcha. and on their mm-hmm. call and not the school system responsibility. So, uh, and I believe a lot of people would agree with me. That's why you see so many people down at the school board that are showing up and finding out what's going on with their child in the first place. You know, people got to get involved so they'll know what's taking place. A lot of times people don't even know what what yeah. type of discussions that they are holding sure. in this classroom. So you believe that drag queens and transgenders, they're, they're dangerous to children, right? I, what's, right? That, that's your position on that. It's dangerous, right? I believe that the narratives that they are pushing, if you are trying is, uh, if you have it, I saw a case on uh, social media that the drag queen was giving a child a lap dance and the la- and the child got hurt. Mm-hmm. So that type of stuff is yeah. what I'm against. I, I understand, but you're wrong. The classroom is the place. Understood, I'm but I, I understand. Kids but, go and learn and get an education. Gotcha. No, I understand. Uh, the, 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 the number one cause of death to children, as you know, is guns, not drag queens. So I want to ask you, what are solutions to the gun violence and, and the high rate of crime and gun violence that we have in this country? Because I don't see you really talking about that on social media. You certainly talk about pedophiles and drag queens. I don't have one story of a drag queen that ever killed a child. And you know the gun violence that we have in this country is horrendous. So uh, what are your solutions to all the gun violence? Well, first of all, the criminals already have guns. The crim- I'm going to say it again. The criminals already have guns. They don't care about going to uh through a background check or anything else because they buying them in the streets. Mm-hmm. People in the streets sell guns every day. They're very accessible. Mm-hmm. But people should have the right to protect their homes, their jobs, their families, especially in some places when you have a high crime area. So I would just say that the Tennessee shooter purchased guns legally. The Uvalde shooter purchased guns legally. The Buffalo shooter purchased guns legally. The Las Vegas shooter, October 1, that killed over 60 people purchased guns legally. While I agree that there are a lot of criminals with illegal guns out there, I'm asking you what your solutions are. What are your solutions to your running for Congress? I take your candidacy very seriously. I want to know what your solutions are. Well, the solutions is to get people more educated about awareness of guns. First of all, you know, the fact that uh, there's gun violence in every community and um, condolences to all the families that have lost loved ones from gun violence. Okay. But, you know, it takes a village. It takes a village. So my understanding. You asked me my solution, so I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give it to you. Sure. The solution is for everybody to get involved when it comes to gun violence. You can't just say it's the police department's job. You know, they rely on the people from the community. So if you are in a community and crimes are occurring, but nobody want to talk about it because nobody wants to be a snitch, then that's part of the problem. That's part of the problem. So when you so say get involved, I'm can, saying, when you see things that are going on, okay. you need to talk about it. So you're saying, you're saying see something, say something. Burn. Also. You're saying see something, say something, right? Yes. So, but that 
Yeah, that's great. I mean, there's a lot of different marketing tools out there that say, see something, say something, stick up for your communities, and don't be afraid to tell on you, your fellow man. However, that's not a solution for from you. That's just a solution for us. What's something that you can actually implement? Well, it's not a policy. Right. Solution, and it is a solution, because at the end of the day, if don't nobody want to talk about what happened, when they sit there and watch whoever drove by and shot the person's house up, mm -hmm. or shot up their kid's birthday party, but nobody want to come forward to say anything so guess what that's a problem that's a problem because a lot of time they know exactly who did what but right. nobody wants to talk I about guess, it. I guess my question is I want to know what policies – for example, do you think an 18-year-old should be able to walk into a store and purchase as many rounds of ammunition and a bunch of assault weapons without any training? Are you okay with that? At the end of the day, anybody that wants a gun can buy them. They are going to be able to get them anyway. Whether it's whether they go to the counter to buy them or whether they buy them hot in the streets. Okay, so my understanding is you, you don't necessarily have any policies you would implement, but you just want people to get involved and talk about the violence and 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 talk about it. Uh, I wanted to ask you, uh, Camilla Harris. You had said that she quote, "You are not Indian, and uh, you ain't black." Stop appropriating over language. Camilla Harris's father is from Jamaica. Why would you say she's not partially black? I don't understand that. Jamaican is Jamaican. If you're black, you're black. Mm. Oh, if you're black, on. you are oh, black. Oh, hold on. She is Jamaican. She is Indian. Mm. Laverne, where, where were you born? North Carolina. North Carolina. Where do you currently live? You know where I live at already. Why are you no, asking no, me you're, that? No, no, you're you're Florida. She's in Florida. Now. Uh, no, 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 Florida, show, Florida, no, Florida. If you is, no, no, pause. Laverne, 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 that wasn't a disrespectful question. That was a real question. What city do you live in in Florida? You already know where I live at. I don't know where you live. I know you're in Florida. Well, well she lives in Florida. Do you know yeah. what city she's? In? No, that, that's I the reason not. I ask. I do. What, not. what city do you live in? I, I went to Miami. Florida. She's in I'm Miami. To, are you in Miami? If you're in Miami, yeah. perfect. I'm glad you said that. I, that's perfect. I actually I was not trying to be disrespect, disrespectful. I went to Florida International University. I have my bachelor's in communications arts from there. I'm from Chicago, Illinois, and it was definitely a culture shock for me to be in a city where there are people who look like you but have different cultures. They speak like you, and they may yeah, not. That's all over. Right, right. That's that's fine, Laverne. It, that's fine. Straight. That's fine, Laverne. However, what I'm, what I'm trying to get at is this. When you are in America, regardless if you're Jamaican, regardless if you're Haitian, regardless if you're some, from Africa, if you get pulled over, you are black. When you are not speaking, you are black. When Caucasian people look at you, you are black. They are still afraid of you. You're still considered a black person in America. While there are some Caribbeans who may not believe that they're black here, while there are some Africans who may not like other black people here, you're still black in America. Black and African-Americans, two different things. Jamaican-American is two different things. Black encompasses all of us. So she is definitely still black, and she was born in well, Oakland, California. I, I, it's I, like this. For each their own, it, at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter to me. Well, if it doesn't matter, then why, why did you bring it up? You hold on, hold on. If it doesn't if, matter if to you, then why did you bring it up? I'm just asking you, if it doesn't matter to you, and I'll take you for your word, then why would you go on your Twitter account and say, claim she's not black? Why would you do that? She's not black. And at the end of the day, it is my Twitter account. Well, you're allowed to do it. I didn't say you weren't allowed to do it. I just don't know why you would do it. You, uh, now, you're a Donald Trump supporter, uh, right? And there are a lot of people out there that are Donald Trump supporters. Um, so if Donald Trump runs for office, you're going to vote for him, I would imagine, again, right, in 2024. Uh, is that a fair assessment to make? Yes. If he's the nominee, of course. Mm-hmm. When Donald Trump bragged about, say, 
sexual assault. 25 plus women that have accused him of sexual assault or rape, including his ex-wife. As a woman, how do you feel about that? As a woman, he's not the only one that's been accused of sexual assault. I'm not I'm not doing whataboutism. You're the Donald Trump supporter. I'm asking you as a woman in regards to Donald Trump, when he has an open rape case right now, which he's probably going to lose a civil case, his own ex-wife accused him of rape. He's bragged about sexual assault. He has kids with multiple women. As a woman, he's the only man in America to have kids with multiple women. He's one of the few men in America that's running for president. That's what we're talking about right now. I don't condone any Is of that he behavior. One of the few men in America that has a sexual assault case. Uh, Joe Biden doesn't. Oh, really? Does Joe well, Biden have any sexual assault case? Where his daughter has accused him of molesting her. That's they're, they're, that's a completely unfounded claim, and he's never been uh, charged with any anything involving sexual assault. Yeah, of course he's the president. Well, Donald Trump has. He's. I mean, I'm just asking you uh, as a woman. I'm just. I guess it doesn't bother you, and that's okay. I'll move on. When Donald Trump goes after a POW and John McCain and says he doesn't respect John McCain because he was captured. What do you what do you think about that? I think that if you're so concerned about uh, POW, speaking of them, mm-hmm. why don't you ask your president, Paul um, uh, Biden, mm-hmm. to free Paul Willer while you're speaking about POWs? So you think he can just pick up the phone and, and Waylon is his name, by the way. You think he can just pick up a phone well, and say, hey, can you release him? Is that is that is that? how you think it works or I'm just trying the to understand. Thing I know is that they free Britney. So if they free Britney, I'm sure they can release her. Okay. What did you think about when Otto Warmbier came home uh, as a vegetable? What, what did you think about that? Did you criticize Donald Trump for that? <laughs> really? Um, I, I think it's a fair question because I, I I'm totally f- open to talking about your criticisms of Joe Biden. I don't like Joe Biden a lot either. He wasn't my first, second, or third pick. I sure can't tell. It looked like to me that you like his, y'all are like his number one fan. Okay, well, that's because a very, that's, that's, that's. The conversation that's, has been okay. about yep. is uh, Biden. And so, how much more time do we have on the show anyway? I understand. <laughs> hold on, hold Sorry. on, Jamie. I understand that you probably don't want to be challenged on some of the ridiculous things that you've said. Less, I could care less about being challenged because okay. you know what? Yeah. That's what makes America a beautiful damn okay. country. Okay. We have well, let me be very clear. I'm a re- our opinion. Yes. We have the fact to say what we feel. Sure. And we it's all the diversity. You know, we can we could be. Why is there such little diversity in the Republican Party? Say how we feel about whatever. That's what makes this country a beautiful. Why is it then Mm -hmm. that there are so few people that look like you that are in the Republican Party? Why are there so many minorities in the Democrat Party, but the party that you choose, there are so few women and minorities? Why is that? Well, one thing I could say is that I have seen a big change, and I see a lot of blacks leaving the Democratic Party because Mm -hmm. they're tired of their lies. Mm -hmm. They're leaving. What lies? What lies? Give me a lie. Like I said, they're tired of the lies. That's why they leave the Democratic Party, and that's why so many of them are Republicans. Gotcha. And that's why so many black Republicans ran for Congress in 2020 mm. more than what? in the history ever in the United States. What lies are you referring to? So it's not a few, it's plenty of us. There are more and minorities and women the in the Democrat. I do, but they, they just okay. don't want to be vocal okay. about it because they are afraid. Okay. And I talk to them each and every day. 
Gotcha. What, so what, I know what, that for a fact. Well, what lies are you referring to? I see it every day. Each and every day I mm. see it. Okay. I wanted to ask you, though, what lies are you referring to? What Democratic lies? Can you be specific um, for me? I'm asking you, Brian, because I really don't want to hang up on you. and your So you don't want to answer my question? So Wait, know, who? But uh, <laughs> how much more time is this? And I want you to answer my question. What Democrat lies are you referring to? Can you be specific on anything? You make generalizations that Joe Biden enables pedophiles and what, drag what queens I'm in talk- schools. Okay, what I'm talking about is the promises. What promises? Promise. What promises? It's the promise. What promises? Why can't you answer one of my questions? You say that I'm Democrats gonna lie. Your question, bro. I'm going to answer your question. I'm waiting. I am talking about in the communities that vote for these black elected Democratic officials Mm -hmm. that are elected, that make all these promises to do this and help the community out. Name me a promise. Name me a lie. The only thing they do is sell us out. They don't help us at all. And be specific. You're making happening. You're You're running for Congress. Again, such as a case in point. Gotcha. Okay. Right here in Miami. I'm going to give you the prime example. Okay. Is it, was it a Republican lie? Laverne. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You asking me and I'm going to tell you. Okay. I'm still waiting. Right here in Miami, where we have a huge Democratic voting base Mm -hmm. in the black community, they have basically put everybody out of the housing projects that we have here. So we have several several housing development that are where blacks mm-hmm. live for over like at least 30 or 40 years that are now vacant, mm-hmm. that are now vacant. And they send these people down south. They have totally disenfranchised them from okay. their family. So let me, let me ask you a question about that. What about all the... Laverne. From their loved ones. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, you, you asked me. I know. I, so I understand. You're talking about, about the projects. You're talking I'm about talking the projects and people in Miami community. being disenfranchised. Did you have the same complaint of the thousands of lawsuits that the man who used to support Donald Trump when he disenfranchised black people in New York City and he had to pay off those lawsuits? That's the but man who used to support. Donald Trump was another commissioner in my district. Donald I'm Trump about was sued thousands of times for disenfranchising black people. I'm not talking about what Donald Trump did. I, I am. I know you Donald don't, but I am. Well, you've called it, you've called it Democrat. I'm talking about these you've black called it Democrat lies. Is it a Republican well Chicago? Is it a Republican lie? How they don't do nothing to help the black people. Got you. It's when you all Democrats. Chicago and you look at that high crime district. Right. So what are they doing to help those people? That's the same failure that we see in the Democratic Party over and over again. Gotcha. They have totally let us down as black people. So that's exactly. You asked me a question. I'm talking about my community and yeah. what took place in my community. And you haven't shown me any evidence that Democrats lied. But would you call it a Republican lie when Donald Trump said I just he won? Told you they lied. Would you call it a Republican lie when Donald Trump continues if they to lied, say? I don't give a damn what they are. Would if you they're call a Democrat, it, independent, well, you just attack Democrats. Or otherwise, if they lied, they lied. Right. Okay, so did Donald. Okay, is. so let me ask. It let's let's put that to from. test. Let's put it that to test. What, did Donald Trump lie? I don't 
they Laverne. supporting. Laverne. It don't even make Laverne. me no difference. Okay. It is what Did it Donald is. Trump lie when he said he won the 2020 election? Because I haven't heard you talk about that. Was that a lie? Where are the 81 million people that voted gotcha. for Biden? So, so you believe where are they at? Uh, where are was, the 81 million people uh, that voted were, for Biden? Where's your evidence where that it was fraud? Where's your evidence that where it was fraud? So it's not a lie. So it's not a lie. I'm one of them. I'm one of them. Because what I saw was people pulling up to those voting stations uh-huh. four day in the morning, dropping uh-huh. those ballots. That's off. absolutely a lie, and that is not true. Taking place. So it's not you a lie when Don- the stuff that was right. going down at these polling sites. Put her down. So I don't care. Put her down. So it's not a lie when Donald Trump says he won the 2020 election. Democrats lie. But when Donald Trump continues to lie about about uh, losing or winning the 2020 election, that's not a lie. So Donald Trump isn't the liar, right? But but Democrats are liars. Is that what you're saying, Laverne? Laverne, are you a serious candidate? One million voters. Are you? I want to see where the 81 million voters. Are. Okay, so you're running for office, yet you think that Donald Trump won the 2020 election? Believing all right. that 81 million people actually voted. All right, for gotcha. Him. So, Laverne, I say this with all due respect: you are not a serious candidate. You make gross assertions about Democrats. You have no chance to win. You have no chance to win. You're not, not very intelligent, and you have no chance to win. I'm going to continue fighting for what I And you have no chance to win because you are not educated on the issues, and, and you're I'm a conspiracy theorist. Everything that I, do, whether you like I will make not, a wager right now. You have absolutely no chance to win. Brian, I want to know what Laverne said because Laverne, you said stop talking. Yeah, right. But Laverne, wait, I'm confused. You said Brian's what, and I'm a little what? What'd you call me earlier? Yeah, I'm sorry. What did you say? Yeah, what'd you call me? Those that don't have a voice. She doesn't even, she's not wait, even what listening. Is, wait, wait, Laverne, what did you say to me earlier? She just keeps talking. She's not listening. Hey, it's, listen, she's yeah. she going off. See you I later. Just, I just want to know what yeah. she said, called me earlier. Who cares? Because at the, but what Complete I, what idiot. I, listen, Laverne, she said that she wants to fight for black people, but here she is. Complete idiot. Here she, here she is coming after a young African-American man who was trying to make a way for himself, right. who's been fighting in this industry for eight years, who's trying to have a civil conversation with her. And what she wants to do is devalue me, but then not devalue i'm not saying that you need to be devalued because you're white but i'm saying is that she didn't even she didn't she spared you but she's coming for me but she wants me to believe as an african-american person she has my back girl if you don't get out of here hey jamie Jamie. she's lucky she had you she's lucky she had you because no 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 she lucky she had you to talk to her because when i was responding let me be clear listen i had to remove my headphones i'm irritated jamie don't take it personal (laughs) she is a moron no, I don't take it personal. She's, I mean, she's but, a that's, that's fine, Brian. What I want to, what I get, what I wanted you to understand is this: one thing that I can say, and you can disagree with me or not, I'm gonna stand on this. One thing that you don't have, you don't experience that I experience is that as a black individual, we are facing against every other ethnicity. And when you have your own ethnicity coming against you, when they're trying to sit here and say at the same time they have your back. When I lived in Miami, Florida, I was actually about looking at the policies. I was a cartoon that a lot of these politicians have to come talk to, and they came to our school at FIU because Obama came. And my thing is, you want to sit here and try to tell me that you are from. Miami, Florida. Girl, if you don't stop being a waste of okay. time, let me. We gotta take. Go a work break. at McDonald's. We gotta. We, we gotta take a break. Cut the music. Cut the music, please. We gotta take a break. But before we take a break, let me just say this: She makes gross assumptions about Democrats that Joe Biden is enabling pedophiles, and there's drag queens in our schools. She her her solution to gun violence is let's talk about it, which is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. 
Uh, she has no understanding of foreign policy. She thinks Joe Biden could just pick up the phone and, and, and get Whalen out uh, of Russia, which is which is idiocy at its finest. Uh, she talks about the projects and black people being disenfranchised in some alleged story in Miami. But then when I talked to her about the thousands and thousands of black people that Donald Trump was sued for disenfranchising people in the apartments that he owned in Manhattan, completely ignorant to that, didn't want to talk about it. She didn't directly answer one of my questions. And I will say this in closing. She literally has, even among Republicans, she has no chance of winning. She is a complete idiot. And I will never invite her back on my show because she is a moron. We got to take she a break. Gonna, she said she was going to hang up on you earlier. Yeah, well, I dislike a politician who can't handle an interview. My thing way. is, y'all were both yelling at each other for sure, but she definitely started off for the, that for the, the record, wrong way. For the record, I was being extreme. No, you're you're calm at first. You really were. I was being extremely and patient. patient and respectful to her. But when you're that stupid and you can't even answer a direct question and you're running for Congress, she is an embarrassment to the state of Florida and she is an embarrassment to this country and, quite frankly, an embarrassment to black people. We're going, And I think Jamie would agree with me on that. Oh, trust me. I uh, do agree. Yeah. All right, Jamie. We're going to take a break and take a deep breath. We're going to have some fun when we come back. Not to say that wasn't fun in exposing the stupidity of some of these MAGAs. But we Brian, are gonna- your face is extremely <laughs> red on YouTube right oh, now. Oh, she got me fired up, man. <laughs> we are going to take a quick break. Uh, one of my favorite comedians here. Uh, His name is Mark Cohen. He actually appeared in in my favorite show, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Very funny comedian. He's he's at the Comedy Cellar. Great place to catch some stand-up comedy. Uh, Not that that last segment wasn't comedy, but Mark Cohen is a very talented and funny man, and he's going to be joining us next in studio. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. Oh, yeah? Welcome back. Pushing the limits on uh, a Tuesday. We're going to take a breather after that last segment. (laughs) Uh, Hey, if you guys have stress that I have or any medical problems, check out Sahara West Urgent Primary Care. They're located at uh, Sahara, right down the street here, Sahara and Jones. No appointment needed. Give them a call, 702-248-0554. You can visit them online at saharawesturgentcare.com. They take post insurances if you don't have it. 95 bucks, Sahara West Urgent care check them out all right i figured let's have a little bit of fun let's 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 smile a little and let's laugh after that uh debacle of that last segment the guy we have with us in the studio right now he's been doing stand-up comedy for uh, quite a while right now i'm not calling him old because i'm i'm i am old but uh his name is mark cohen he's been on some of my favorite shows including curb your enthusiasm uh uh funny people he's certainly known for that as well and he performs at the comedy seller almost on a nightly basis at the rio but he's has nice. he's nice enough to come in on his day off day today off tuesday I it's good to meet you mr cohen uh how nice. are you my friend I'm really good i'm running for office <laughs> i must say please and, don't uh, oh, <laughs> it wouldn't Not happen to be one. in florida would it Not another I'm one sorry. it wouldn't happen to be in florida would it of course it? in florida yeah. the first yes. thing mark the first thing i said to mark is like uh, not to be confused with Michael Cohen, which would be, uh, of course, Donald Trump's former attorney. And then, Mark, you said, yeah, most people wouldn't even know. What no, they don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, the, so, people in the prison know who he was. <laughs> That's true. Wait, mates. pause. It's this is the first time you guys both met? Yeah, yes. I guess so. Oh, we've, I love yes. that. We've talked yeah. before. No, we have a lot of chemistry. Yeah, I, mean, oh, Mark, I love yeah. that. We have okay. a lot of chemistry. We're going to yeah. go to a minion soon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go to synagogue this weekend. Uh, so, Mark, how? You, when did you start in this business, and how did you get started? I started in 1927. Mm. I was mm. on my horse. Mm. Actually, I, I started late, kind of, for me. I'm, a, I'm an older guy, but I started in uh, probably 84 or 5. Wow. I York. was five years old. Yeah. And I'm still doing the same jokes, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. You started uh, in 1985. I wow. guess so. I graduated in 1978. Yeah. I, I moved to New York to be an actor and messed around for a few years and then I, I go I'll support myself so when you're talking to your family and you're like listen I'm, 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 this is what I want to do like what are your parents going to say I want to be a comic well I didn't say that I, I wanted to be an actor at the time <laughs> right I, I, comedy was to support acting right. but I realized right. that, that was not going to happen and, and look at you now you're in Las Vegas performing at the Rio uh, That's right. this is this is one of the greatest uh, enter entertainment capital of the world it right? is uh, it's I've been here a long time I, I was in the Rat Pack show Oh, that was a good ago, show. Yeah. Oh, okay. David, David Cassidy and sure. Don Rio. That's produced. a legendary show. That's why yeah. I have a daughter here that was produced from that, that show. That is so <laughs> cool. So, so, uh, I was I'm produced from the show. And you, a, well, kind of and internally. You've, you've, you've worked with some enormous names I have in this business. Name drop. Name drop for me. Oh, what, uh, what have I, like, what have I done? Yeah. People that you've I, worked you know, with. It's, people, it's so weird. I had a small part on Friends mm. and people really, React to that for some reason. I was. Do you watch Friends or did you? Watch yeah, Friends? Jennifer yeah. Aniston the, is unbelievably beautiful. I was her yes. lover in six <laughs> oh, seasons of Friends. People. How was that? It was backstage, always. <laughs> uh, don't tell her either. But. What was it like being on the set of that show? It was great. I was in early too, the, like the third. I was the mattress king. I, people, if <laughs> I don't even that. remember that. Yeah. Oh my god, I got to go so back people, and look at that. Now. This woman comes up to me at the <laughs> cellar and she's shaking and she's crying then because you were the mattress king on friends and i thought i go oh, that's pretty funny you know you're making fun of me was there anybody that mistreated you on that show no, no david tremor wasn't a douchebag no as a matter of fact I'm, i was friends with you know i guess i still am i'm friends with romano ray romano oh cool ray's and great his yeah. show had just started yep it was on like two weeks and ray's like hey can i come to your taping and I was like, sure. <laughs> so we're walking backstage and schwimmer's walking towards us and Ray's show's only been on like two weeks right Schwimmer's walking towards us and he walks by us and he stops he goes Ray Romano oh my god your show is so great and I'm like this is so when you're on that weird. show did you ever have any idea that it would be the iconic show that it became not really it was kind of growing but no no mm. way you know so I still yeah. get amazing you know everyone gets checks from people I shouldn't say I'll probably get taxed but <laughs> People get you know residuals for like pennies, and that right. show still gives me oh, um, good money. Little residuals. Yeah. Speaking of a show that a lot of people get get paid from is a show called Curb Your Enthusiasm. Correct. I want to talk a little bit about Larry David. <laughs> so there was an episode that you were in, and uh, it's it's actually a very very funny episode that I want to get to. Uh, never wait for seconds. And you're in a scene in this episode where, you know, some people get frustrated where you wait in line at a buffet and you want seconds. I don't think you should have to go back to the, to the beginning of the line, but you were one of the patrons in the line, yeah. right? And you got very, very, uh, frustrated at the person that was sort of cutting. I want to play this for you, play this clip, and then we're going to talk about it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm sorry, Wait, come on, buddy. There's a line. There's a line. You can't just walk up here. We've been waiting. Come on, man. Being rude. Come on, you're in you got to get to the back. Yeah, we're in line. So no, I'm just going to some potatoes. No, no, I don't care what you're getting. Get in the back. One, one, one minute. One minute. Just a minute. Are you getting seconds? Yes, sir. 
The man is getting seconds. Hey, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. The man is already waited on this line. Larry, we're hungry. We're all hungry. I'm hungry too. But to make him wait another 10 minutes for a few measly potatoes? Shame on you. Shame on all of you. Okay. That's how we do things here in America. <laughs> Mark, that's... We don't wait for seconds. <laughs> just Never. The, just hilarious. Never wait. <laughs> what is that like? I just want to go through your mind here. You're in a scene with, in my opinion, one of the most iconic comedians of our generation what is that like just being on the set there and doing that it was it was great you know but it was so funny because we did ad lib i didn't know those other the two women really no and, all ad lib <laughs> and, and we did it for a long time and i was like i'm never gonna get in this because they were really good and they were right. so i was in it much more than i than i yeah. thought i would be mm. and uh uh but it was great and and i, forget, I can't think of his name right now because i'm the, 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 he, he died but he was in the show he was uh in, dave that was the dave yeah yeah yeah, yeah. him and larry he just passed like, away uh, larry come up and go to do this and make to make fun of them <laughs> And then he, he would come over and go, don't listen to him. Do the opposite. Like, Dave told stuck. you that? Yeah. Was like, he gave us the opposite direction of him. <laughs> you guys are all we, conflicted. Just like, what do we do? Yeah. How do you? No, we listen to Larry. How do you get a gig like that? Like who? That was an audition. I, 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 really? I mean, when I say I know Larry, I know him. I yeah. don't know him. And I didn't get it through him. Sometimes you get stuff through people. Like, mm. uh, But Friends was an audition process. And, you know, you Did just you have an agent? Through. I had an agent back then. I don't know. Okay. How many auditions, do, uh, Mark, do you think you've done in your life? Oh, that's a good question. Hey, you're good at this. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> He's not, that's not even written Thank down, you. everybody. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I would say hundreds, you know. Yeah. If, you know it, I was counting. I mean, I've been at the Rio. I must have done four or 5,000 shows at the Rio. That's incredible. You know Because I mean? I, there's a lot of actors and actresses out there. It's a painful process doing these auditions yeah. over. And especially I'm not some, good at auditions. I, I, yeah. I, I'm not good at, you know. And uh, I did a movie. <laughs> now I'm sounding like I did a movie. I mean, it's a, t- a tiny movie. <laughs> but J.K. Simmons was in it. Mm-hmm. Do you guys know? Sure, yeah. I do. Yeah. yeah. And he was just, I watched him work. And he, and this is going to sound bad, but it was good. He did nothing. <laughs> when, at, when he was acting, right? Because whenever I see myself on TV, you're just big, you know, because right. I'm so big. Yeah. So my next couple auditions, I go. I'm not going to think about the part or anything. Right. All I did was think of doing nothing. Mark, the funny and, thing and is worked. that people don't realize when you're in the industry. I'm also an actor as well. I have four TV shows. The main Nickelodeon character. child uh, hey. star over here. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I'm let him say it. But I was uh, on four TV shows on TV One, Oxygen, and Audi Channel. I have a movie on Netflix that I choreographed small parts of, and I have nice. a small co-star role. And a lot of people don't realize that it's more of a job auditioning for. It's brutal. These gigs, and it yeah. is actually being. Can on I bring the up gigs. something uh, did you, to what you're talking about, Jamie? Did you ever watch the show Entourage? Uh, not so really, but there's a, a show bit. with Johnny Drama. The guy who plays Johnny Drama, Dylan, his name in real life, and he's going through the process of an actor where he's been a 20, 30 year actor, and he still has to audition over and over again. Yeah. And he gets panic attacks, and then there's one scene where he's like, "I've had to do this for 30 years. You know all my work, yet I still have to get up here and be a puppet for you guys." <laughs> yeah. Is that how you feel? <laughs> yeah. You know, when yeah. I used to ride the subway in New York, I'm Laverne and Shirley had been off the air, yeah. and I look up and. Squinny or Squiggy, one of them, Squiggy, yeah, yeah. was on the subway going over lines, going to an audition. Mm-hmm. I was like, why does this guy have to go to, you know, I mean, you it's, do it's know ridiculous. his work. Yeah. You know There's some I mean? people who just get yeah. booked because of their names. There's others who you think they should get booked for their names, but yeah. they're still fighting against the industry. give them a shot. I mean, because, yeah. Of, yeah. because of, I mean, you've talked a little bit about it, you know, your relationship with Larry David and being on the set of Friends, but in your life, you've, you've met a lot of prominent people. Have there ever been any moments in your life where you're like, wow, I can't believe I just hung out with that guy because of who you are and what you do for a living? 
Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I used to work on uh, talk shows and stuff. So right. all kind of, I mean, I just people, I used to wait tables and people would probably be coming, you know, Woody Allen, I would mm. wait on and Dick Van Dyke and Woody uh, Allen. Was he yeah. hitting on any 15 year olds? Uh, he would always leave a 16% tip. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Uh, nice. I love it. No, uh, I love it. Uh, but so, I mean, yeah, I mean, I've, I've hung, you know, I've, Partied with some people and then yeah. hung out with people. What a grind, though, right? Because but I would never call him. I, mean, I hate to be. Oh, I'm friends with this guy, right? right. I just like hearing stories. You want to no, no, no. name drop people you actually know? <laughs> but I love when, when somebody dies now because of Facebook or Twitter. It's, yeah. it's horrible because yeah. they either become the best actor or the best yep. comedian. We've lost so many friend. wonderful people, right? I mean, uh, Bob Saget. I've interviewed him multiple oh, times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, I, I remember no. I was interviewing him backstage at the Hard Rock ten years ago. When it was the hard rock. And uh, my mom calls me in the middle of the interview and he grabs the phone. He said, can I answer? I said, sure. Right in the middle of the interview, he answers it. And then he says, is this Brian's mom? I want you to know I'm Brian's real dad. And he's having a conversation (laughs) with my mom. What a legend, right? Gilbert Godfrey, another one. Louis Anderson is a guy that I just interviewed a year and a half ago. It's just terrible. Yeah. Yeah. It is horrible. And as you know, you get older, I'm I'm just turned. 20 i guess they can't see me so i don't know <laughs> no, they, no, they can't see you. we're live on youtube right now the I, I, right there. mark i got bad live news on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, god you look terrible for 20 years old what did they do to you mark that's terrible uh, but uh you know it's, it's interesting because during COVID, i don't know what, what you were doing i mean i talk to comics all the time and they're just doing a lot of videos and like what well, were you doing during COVID? Uh, nothing the same thing <laughs> same thing i do now except right. i didn't go to work at night right i really thought it, i th- i was kind of happy when it happened not happy yeah but i was like oh this is you get a break it's gonna be two weeks right right right, so right. i was kind of after after a while yeah that's just brutal you're just joining us comedian mark cohen he performs at the comedy cellar at the rio uh almost nightly this is his day <laughs> off today they have two shows there i believe seven and nine thirty and mark is there almost every every day. sometimes every night yeah yeah, yeah. For the first year i was there every night though. what do you what do you make of this era of comedy i mean I hate to bring up the whole Will Smith, Chris Rock thing, but sometimes are you ever afraid of touching on certain subjects where that somebody might come up to you after? No, but you know what does stink a little bit is everyone putting up their crowd work. Mm. What do you mean Uh, by that? Can you explain? If you watch on YouTube, everyone puts up, so where are you from? Which is fine. It's a good it's Anybody a have a birthday today? Yeah, you know, and they, <laughs> instead of doing their material, they're right. doing crowd work. Right. Or they get in fights with people or people yell, hey, you, you know, don't do that baby joke or whatever. Gotcha. And then they put that up. So now people in the audience are kind of getting trained to think that they're part of the. And they have a say so. I mean, I do a lot of crowd work because I'm there yeah. every night. But they, there was, they, they would keep their place. Kind sure, of, you, of course. They would ask them a question and then they would answer. But now it's they yell stuff. So up. I have to ask you this then, based on your profession. I, I was once kicked out of an Andrew Dice Clay show, and I want <laughs> you were yes. I was I, once kicked into one. Really, you were kicked. <laughs> that's actually really funny. Um, that's funny. He's a comedian. Um, uh, <laughs> okay, you, tell you, me if you laugh like a comedian. Go, that's funny. <laughs> you don't tell laugh me if you, that's funny. Mark, tell me if you think I was wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm there with a date. I'd never seen him before. They put me front row, you know, and already you're wrong. Already I'm wrong, probably. No, but I like to be made fun of. I don't want to be a part of the show. Right. I just want to be made. I like it. I like being made fun of. I want attention. So he, I'm wearing a fedora and a suit, and I'm with a lovely lady. Of course, time's not on my side. We only went on a few dates. But um, he says to me, What do you think of a guy like you wearing that hat and a guy like me walked into one of these clubs? I guess he's trying to knock at me. So I answer him. I said, They'd say, Why are you hanging out with your grandpa? You know, and everybody said, ooh, you know, and I'm not This sure. was during the course of the during show. During the show. Yes. He addressed me. Right. And then he said, oh, you, he's going, you think, I'm sorry, I have a horrible dice impersonation. <laughs> <That was, yeah. laughs> you, you think you're really effing funny, huh? Let me tell you something. I'm the best. And I said, if you were the best, you wouldn't be in front of a hundred people at the Riviera. Now that was probably mean, but, but <laughs> I said it. Brian. Um, but he and, didn't, you didn't start the instigation. No. 
So I said that, and the crowd is enjoying it. They're laughing, and I think he's insulted. So he says right after, how much did you pay for those effing tickets? Mark, I work in radio. I'm also Jewish, so uh, I hate to say this, but I do like things for free. Okay, Some people might not like that joke, but I'm Jewish. I can say it. Um, So I said, nothing. I got him comped. He says, good, then get the F out of my show. So I thought he was joking. Uh so I left. A security guard, my date is still there. He starts talking to her as I'm leaving. Now I got you all to myself. And then she left after that. Was I wrong? Did I do anything wrong? It sounds like, doesn't in this situation, it doesn't sound like you were wrong. Okay. And it sounds like he was a little thin-skinned. He is thin-skinned. Are there comics but like I that? Yeah, I guess. But I'd never, you know, I would, I'd try not to get mad. Some people get mad at the audiences. I, you know. Have you ever had a situation where you had to kick somebody up because they were just being douchebags or, you know? I never would do it, but I have seen people get, you know, people get thrown out a lot. My favorite, funniest thing that happened to me a couple of weeks ago, I walked on stage and I went, hi, everybody, how you doing? And a voice in the back goes, boring. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that was on for 10 seconds. <laughs> you know what's annoying? Like, I, I see some comics on stage and they're like, uh, does anybody have a birthday today? Thank you so much for joining us on comedy night. Okay, fine. A couple of those, no problem. You want to get the crowd going. But it's like 10 or 20 of them or else. Like, dude, come on. <laughs> yeah, sometimes people come up and ask you to do it and stuff. Yes. Too, you know what I mean? Well, Mark, here's what I would like to do. If you can stick around for a few more minutes oh, on your day off, well, if that's okay. Off. Going into yes, night yes, a few more minutes. I want to take a break. And when we come back, I want to ask you what probably other people have asked you. But I want to talk about some of the comics, you know, you looked up to growing sure. up and why you got into this business and and talk a little bit about maybe some comedians that are overrated. I'll do that. Uh, you don't have to do it. See, I'm not going to ask Mark to do that. I'll do that. You'll know more comedians. And I want to know Jamie's take on like millennials. What do millennials? Oh, for sure. I have a few yes. questions for you too. Yes. I'm just waiting for my Am turn. Yes. So Jamie's going to start the next <laughs> I have a few questions for yes. you. Get ready for it. Jamie's going to start the next I'm going to haggle you, Mark. <laughs> Mark, Mark isn't calling us. Mark isn't, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Mark isn't calling Calling us names like the last uh, guest, so I appreciate it. I don't even know what she called me. I'm still yeah. irritated by that. We'll go back and listen. Too soon, Brian. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, we'll take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. Oh, yeah. Pushing the Limits. Everybody, are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super. Hero, that is. Because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. Hey, everybody. It's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment, and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound, and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes, and more. They also offer general wellness exams and treatments such as testosterone enhancement and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices. 
office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client. So please give them a call, 702-248-0554. Big Dogs Brewing Company, open 24-7, is an award-winning brewer, a full-service catering business, and a fun, smoke-free brew pub restaurant with a full-service bar, including over 35 craft beers on tap, 35 multi-denomination slot machines, the best gaming promotion, and a lively, dog-friendly outdoor patio. Big Dogs Brewing Company, 4543 North Ratchet Gray. Find out more at BigDogsBrews.com. Buying or selling a home is a huge life event that requires guidance from an expert in the industry and community. My name is Blake Wynn. You may recognize my name as my grandfather was the best governor the state of Nevada has ever had. Growing up in Las Vegas, I've come to know this community intricately. Now, I am raising a family here as well. So I understand all the issues impacting our home and quality of life. As the top realtor for the number one real estate team at Keller Williams, you can have confidence in my experience, knowledge, and track record. When it comes to buying, selling, or investing in real estate, choose a name you can trust and someone who understands the community you call home. Call Blake Wynn today and experience the difference of a trusted expert. 702-540-3311. Do you want to take your business to the next level? Then join one of the fastest growing talk shows pushing the limits. We have a wide range of sales packages that can fit your budget. Anything from on-site live remotes to in-studio interviews, email Jamie. Jamie D at KSHP.com. That's J-A-I-M-E capital D-E-E at KSHP.com. Sapphire Pool and Day Club, the world's only topless gentleman's day club, introduces its 2023 pool season lineup with a bevy of beauties and social media celebrities throughout the summer who will all host alongside hundreds of Sapphire's topless poolside entertainers. Enjoy brunch in the sun with items like frittata-style omelets, stripping chicken, and French kiss toast before washing it down with signature summertime cocktails. Ten lines beware. Go Bear! Ladies are welcome to go topless within the day club for the ultimate party. Guests can purchase affordable day bed packages, cabana packages, lounge chairs, and more. The best part, though? Pushing the Limits will be broadcasting shows every other Friday throughout the pool season with a ton of surprise celebrity guests. Wow! Reserve your spot now. For more info, visit sapphirepoollv.com or call 702-869-0003. That's 702-869-0003. See you at Sapphire. All right, welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Tuesday. I'll tell you guys about my favorite gaming bar in town, Jackson's Bar and Grill. They got these wheel spin Wednesdays where if you earn 200 points, you get to spin the wheel. You can win up to three grand and then another 300 points, you get another wheel spin. And then on Fridays, if you earn 1,500 points, you get $100 in free slot play the next day. Great promotions, great atmosphere. Jackson's Bar and Grill located at Flamingo and Jones. Please check them out. I was just over there yesterday. We got very funny comedian actor Mark Cohen. Uh, my my brother from another mother, uh, Mr. Right. Mark Cohen. It's Cohen and Shapiro. It sounds like a law firm, but uh, <laughs> it truly does. Can you guys help me with my uh, condo situation? Of course. Yes. Hey, Mark, it's such a pleasure to have you here. Nice For those who are just now tuning in again, he is an amazing comedian actor. Please follow us on our social media accounts at PTL Radio Show. That's PTL R A D I O S H O W. We're live on YouTube right now, and I'm also commenting back with you all, Mark. 
I yes, want to get into your journey. You did say you started off in entertainment, trying to be an actor. Correct. Realized that wasn't the direction you wanted to go, so you moved into comedy. <laughs> Can you walk us through how did that realization come about, and how has your journey been in comedy so far? Uh, I moved to New York when I was seventeen, mm. and to be, wow. uh, 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 to, and I went to school called the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. Okay, and I went for two years, and then I was like, I was in New York, and I was like, well, I missed. I was trying to get experiences. Right. So I said, I miss college. So I went to college and I acted in college. And okay. then I moved back to New York and became a waiter and, mm-hmm. and, and blah, blah, blah. And uh, years, tried to get auditions, couldn't get an agent or manager, you know, didn't know anybody. And it was the comedy boom. And I started doing stand-up. And within two weeks, I was able to quit my job. <laughs> that quick? Wow. Yeah, because there was such a demand. I mean, the, the, the comedy clubs in New York would go to four in the morning. Oh, wow. Back then. And, and the joke was, back when I started, I had a car. Mm-hmm. So to get your job- In New York? Yeah. Oh. And, and you would send your picture of your car, your 8x10 of your car, to get yeah. the gigs because you would drive the headliners. <laughs> so that's how I, But the first year I did comedy, I probably made more money than I ever had or, and for a long time did wow. because there was so much work. Every pizza place had it, every restaurant. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? It, it wasn't comedy clubs, but right, it, was, right. it was work, you know? That's good. I'm happy that you had the chance to be able to- follow your dream and also be able to just pivot. I think a lot of times people believe that when you have a passion, you have to stick to it and that yeah. you can't grow out of the passion to find a new one. His dream was definitely on pushing the limits. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. This is definitely right. his dream. And so, you can be good at something, but you got to be right. great. And now I, I know we talk, yeah. we've been talking about you being on the at the Rio pretty much almost nightly. Can you uh-huh. explain what that means? You're their permanent host. How did you get that gig and how are you staying in your gig? Because a lot of times com- comedians don't get to stay where they're at. For yeah, no, I'm lucky. Years. I, 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 I'm a lucky man in that respect. I, well, I started in at the club in New York City, the Comedy Cellar in New York City, mm-hmm. you know, 25, 30 years ago mm. when it was only one club and there was nobody in the audience. <laughs> right. So, you know, so, I, you know, I was there at the beginning and, and now they have five clubs and they're selling out five shows a night. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's amazing the shows they put on there and the people that go through there. So when I heard that they were doing a show in Vegas, I had already lived here. I was living in LA at the time and I called up the owner, Noam, and I said, Hey, you know, do you need somebody? Right. And they know me and trusted me and they think I'm funny. And so it worked out. That's Luckily, awesome. it worked out for both of us. Super and, cool. And they're very worried, you know, they're worried about the name of right. the seller. The seller's a great name. And that was one of their main concerns is mm-hmm. not tarnishing the name. And I think we've done that here. Mm-hmm. It's so, a good club. It yeah. really is. Can you describe how comedians can find security in their career? A lot of times, uh, a lot of comedians think that it's a lot of freelance work. You have to have the manager. You have to be on tours. You have to get accepted by these clubs. But you seem to have great security right now. I do right now, but it's a completely different You're world. You're fired, Mark. Oh, what the <laughs> heck? Wait, am I getting paid? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, it's a completely different world, though, because now you hear people talking in the green room. Right. They don't talk about jokes like we used to talk. Hey, is this funny? Then they're going, right. hey, if I turn my head to the left, I'm going to pick up 50,000 viewers or <laughs> followers. You know, right, so it's right. really not about the, the sure. you know, it is about the jokes, too, but. They really are into the business, the you, younger you, comedians. You, you grew up, obviously, uh, you know, the 80s. I, I would imagine yeah. a lot of iconic figures back then. Pro- I would argue more than now. Or, or some of the people that you say to yourself, it, it, this is why I wanted to do comedy. I admire this person or that person. Well, there was less comedians. I mean, literally, I mean, there was no comedians back then. Kind right. of, do you know what I mean? Yeah. You knew all the comedians. And, and even when I started, there weren't a lot. There wasn't a not lot. Not like now. Do you know, a yeah. lot of, there was a lot of comedians when I started, mm. but not a lot of good ones. Not right. a, you know, there was everybody was a comedian mm-hmm. when I started because, like I said, it was the comedy boom of the 80s. Right. But, 
It's because I think of like George Carlin, Eddie Murphy, right? Yeah. Today, even Chris Rock, he's been around for a long time. You know, these are, people get turned on quicker now. That's you true. Know, I, don't, I don't know what these people. I mean, George. I saw George. He would come to the clubs, and yeah. Rodney would come to the clubs in wow. New York. And yeah, I know Harry Bay's. He's got a lot of uh, Rodney Dangerfield stories. Yeah. What do you make of guys that that will say, or people that will say that if you're a stand-up comic, most of these comics are demented in the head. Some of them have a lot of. They all pretty much have issues. Is that true, or is that a fallacy? I'm going to kill you. <laughs> oh my gosh! For saying that, Mark. I'm not a therapist. We could have a therapy <laughs> session. We could have a therapy session, Mark. I don't. Think, I actually, Mark, I, I believed you. <laughs> I know you got scared. Uh, <laughs> I turned it to Clint Eastwood. Uh, turned it to me when I argue with a MAGA. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I think everybody, you know, my theory is everybody is messed up. Kind of. Do you know what I mean? I don't think comedians are more messed up than, than others. That's like a fallacy, right? I mean, I guess, you know, yeah, I don't think so. I mean, you know. You ever meet Sam Kennison? I did. I met Sam before. Uh, I guess I can tell the story. I met Sam before I did comedy. Really? I went up to his house. I mean, I was kind of skirting around it. Yeah. But it was, I, my friend knew him, and we went up to his house, and we drank, and we were smoking all day, you know? And he's like, you want to come to the club that night? And I was like, sure. You know? How do you get to go to Sam Keniston's home? How I was friends happen? with a friend of his, and he, was, he was a very nice guy, and we were drunk, you know, drinking. And you knew stuff. who he was. He was already a pretty, oh, yeah. he pretty was, prominent guy. He was guy. with his two yeah. wives. Or, you know, I think his <laughs> two, two wives? Yeah, two girlfriends that or he was going out with. And he goes, yeah, I want to come to the, this is my favorite one. He goes, you want to come to the club? And I go, yeah, sure. So he comes out. And like I said, we've been drinking all day. And he comes out, hey, everybody, I've been sober for six months today. <laughs> this is show business. It's sad what happened to him. But that guy yeah. uh, was one of a kind, right? And I, yeah. I think of Rodney, you and mentioned. He was a great guy. I mean, like I said, I didn't know him. I interviewed some members of his family that live here in Las Vegas. They came in studio and, and I, I had a chance to speak with them. Uh, Rodney Dangerfield, you mentioned him, another guy that had a, uh, a difficult life. <laughs> Well, he didn't even start stand-up till he was like 53, right. I believe, or something like and that. And one of the most iconic comics of all time. Yeah. Who would you say? That's a tough question. It is, I'll tell you the truth. I mean, I am an older guy now, and yeah. it's, it really is amazing because there doesn't seem to be, you know, comedy hasn't been around that long in a lot of ways. Right. Comedians used to be older, Milton Berle and blah, blah, blah. Sure. So I thought with all the young comedians that we would kind of get X'd out. Mm. But it doesn't really work that way. If you're funny, you're funny even when you're older. You know, yeah. we got sometimes, you know, we got great comedians that are older. But the old saying, right, Mark, is that you have to get that break somewhere. Somebody, no matter how much talent you have, you could be a musician, you could be a comedian, you yeah. could be an actor. You have to have that one person that probably pushed you over the edge. Do you feel like you ever had that one person that really gave you that jump start or helped you, or you think it was for you? It was just doing it all on my own. Uh, I mean, I did it on my own. I like to think, but my my, my friend Sarah Silverman's helped me out. That's a right, bit. you're friends with her. I saw that. Uh, yeah. But at the same time, if you asked her, she would probably say that I helped her out too. On you know, I mean, she's become more successful than me, but at some point. Yeah. I was more successful than her. I love I Sarah. Mean? I asked her out on a date live on the radio, which oh, was inappropriate when I was doing. And you she did for real? And, and the way, yeah, I had the audio of it, and the way she answered it was very, very funny too. What'd but she say? She, she, said, she said, "I totally would go out with you, Shapiro, but I have a boyfriend right now." <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Damn it!" Just like every other girl I talked to. No, but isn't she great? Like she's, she's great. She's, she's a great awesome. Person too, she, she is yeah, so yeah. awesome. And I, I've seen her do stand up plenty of times. I, I saw her at the Palms before. She does my show all whenever I ask. And, oh, and, good. And she is she is so cool and so funny yeah, and a different brand, a different brand of humor. Yeah, I mean, I saw her, you know, like I said, when I started, I had been doing it yeah. a little longer than her. So I take her out on the road and she would, you know, have trouble. Was that when she but was she with was Jimmy Kimmel? Or? <laughs> when I went out, no, that was afterwards. You, did you date her, really? 
Oh, oh, I mean, I, years and years and years. Ago. Ooh, I'd say speak it, Mark. Tell us the truth. <laughs> Brian, you, you, I can, you, make you this, Brian. I can make this. Hold on a second. I can make this interview very inappropriate. I'm not going to do that. But Are you asking me on a date? Mark Cullen what? dated Sarah What's Silverman. What's going on? I am so How do you jealous. threaten him and then now we're going to date with him? I'm so confused. <laughs> no, but I'm jealous. Sarah Silverman is a beautiful, she, there's a beautiful woman. If it woman. makes you feel any better, she was 19 at the time. Too. Whoa. <laughs> that makes me feel more jealous. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Wait, how old are you? <laughs> I'm 78. How were you when she was? What are you? I'm like 10 years older than her. Mark, what do you make of a guy like Louis C.K.? I love Louis. I mean, whipping it out and masturbating in front of people. Don't know. I don't know if the way the cameras are set up, but he has no pants on right now. That's true, actually. (laughs) But you still won't see anything. I started Uh, with Louis, and I started with David Tell and Sarah and and Kevin Brennan, and you've worked with all these guys. Oh, that's the guys. That was my class. You know Louis C.K. really well. You worked with him. I Um, I mean, I haven't seen him in a few years. Brilliant, brilliant comedian. I'm in his first couple movies as a matter of fact. Mm. His little short movies that he did. Do you feel like he was? I don't want to use the term "me too." I don't think what he did was 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 as bad as people made it out to be. I don't know. I'm not, yeah. I wasn't in, you know, I mean his problem was he didn't think about it kind of. <laughs> right. I mean, well, you know, right. came out you know he just instantly apologized, which is nice, but at the same time you got to go hey. I wait. mean, right. I just think that guy's a brilliant comic. You, you know, know I love Lucky Louie. I wish that show wasn't canceled by yeah. the way. I used to well, love that show on he, HBO. He still probably makes it an amazing living, you know. Oh, right. sure, of course. But it's of so course. Funny, but one, 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 he did get hurt, though, I'm sure. By certainly it, one know. of my favorites of all. Do you think in this era, people are just way too sensitive? Like, when I go to a comedy club, I don't mind being offended, okay? Uh, now, I do yes. think what Kramer did was, you know, using the N-word, that was awful, and that's a line you shouldn't cross, right? You think that's awful? <laughs> As the black man in this room, yes. <laughs> no, but you know what the funny thing is? <laughs> When he did it, and I don't really, I, I worked with him a couple of times just on stage. Weird guy, I, or? I mean, I don't know him even enough to say that. Yeah. But when it happened, just the way he worked, I said to myself, this guy just did a bad joke. Mm, horrible. Went and, 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 and said something he shouldn't have. Went the wrong direction. And, but he was trying to be funny, but it was weird because, again, the same thing. The next day he came out and he said, hey, I apologize. I'm mm. a racist. You know, I, you know what I mean? He went on it David Letterman like with I, Jerry right. Seinfeld and, and apologized. But it was, yeah. so it wasn't like I thought. Right. Uh, uh, Mark, I think one thing that I really do appreciate about comedians is they try to test the waters. I believe that we should also understand the space that you guys are in, the space that we're entering in when we're in these different shows, because you shouldn't get immediately offended because you're trying to see what's funny, yeah. what's going to land, yeah, and what's, what's not. It, the problem is that it's words now. It's right. not bits. Like if I say abortion, mm-hmm. people are going to get mad, even right. if, even if you're on this. Right. The, Whatever. You Even know if what you I mean. don't get the full sentence out, just, people you are already defensive. Say, but if you, know. you made and a joke, but like, if you made a joke and you said like, "I wish Marjorie Taylor Greene was aborted," I mean, I don't think many people. Would ah! I don't know. <laughs> With that being said, too, though, how does this, the current climate of our society make you tailor your your shows? Do you feel as though that you have to be on guard a little bit about how you deliver yeah, something, or a little bit? You know, it's like weird. Like, there's so many shootings now, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's bad. Like, people don't even day. know about them like that day, so they'll do a joke without realizing something just happened. Well, look at what happened right. to Dave I mean, Chappelle. He was attacked by the guy with a knife. Right. I mean, yeah. as a comic, that's got to scare you a little bit, no? Right. Yeah. That's but terrible. they, you know, they, it's weird because they do like check for. There's a metal detector mm-hmm. at the club, you know. Right, it's, it's terrible. But a guy like going back to Kramer quickly here. Here's a guy that his total. Wait, career, but you guys thought he was wrong. <laughs> no, he was. <laughs> it was great. No, but uh, like, look at him. He's his career just. He doesn't do any stand up. He hasn't done anything in how long? I know he did a little bit on Curb Your Enthusiasm, but yeah. like his. Okay, listen. It'd be weird for him, I would imagine. The guy made a horrible mistake. I don't know if he's. A racist or not but he made a terrible mistake 
there's a guy that I think, okay, let's, the guy's apologized. He was remorseful. Let's move on. It's weird because I guess he could have lied too. Cause people like me would, if he had said, Hey, listen, I'm an improv actor. Right. I just said, I thought they would think it was funny. Right. Do you know what I mean? But, do you ever, I'm more, I'm wondering, Mark, do you ever like, before you get on stage, say to yourself, okay, I just feel like doing like 10 or 15 minutes of improv today with this wacky crowd. Like if you have a different crowd, that's, that's, that's just, you know, I don't know, just well, different. Well, I, like I am in a bit of a, a, a different, I've always been improvisational as a comedian. Right. I, you know, I do have jokes and I, and of I course, yep. but now that I'm here every night, we have people come to the show every week, mm-hmm. the same people. So I kind of do a lot of crowd work and talking to people mm-hmm. more than I would or should probably. What's the know? weirdest thing that somebody said to you after a show that you met that you can recall? Uh, like put the your weirdest- clothes on and get out, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> So uh, <laughs> what? But I would imagine you meet Wait. a lot of. I would imagine you meet a lot of different people and tourists and locals. And you know, it's so funny. I, I mean, I, I I used to, but I now it's like I just yeah. go home. You know what I mean? It's like I'm not trying. I hear you, to, but I like mean, like a guy like Jimmy JJ Walker. I've interviewed him many a times. He hates it when people go up to him and say dynamite, sure. right? But yet, at the same time. But at the same time, I think, right. I think, I think you know where I'm going with this. After the show, he sells his posters and his photos that say dynamite. Right. Yeah, I don't. But think he you... won't do it for free. I mean, right, right, right. right. Also, right. 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 all the time. Yeah. Hey, I, I want to take a step back, Mark, because Brian made a good point. This. I made a good point. What are you really? talking yes. about? Wow. <laughs> You what sure show are you on? I, 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 I like to boost my, my fellow co-host, Brian. I made a good point. <laughs> so what I can agree with is that this climate that we're in, people are so sensitive. And some of them have the right to be sensitive. Other people, they just want to be sensitive just to be sensitive. But with that being said, what are some of the unspoken rules of things not to do as a comedian that we just don't know about? Well, people are sensitive for other people now. Mm, like yeah. you, if I did a black joke or whatever, yeah. you might not get offended. Right. But some Karen would go, yeah. hey, you can't right. do that joke. So it's- I was just going to say, don't show your penis. That's probably rule number that's one. That's kind of, yeah. well, it's not yeah. a sex club, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> but go, go unless, back- you're, unless you're Mark Cohen, then you can do it. I actually yeah. still don't want to see it, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, yeah. sorry. I interrupted. You know, I don't think anything's offensive or off limits. So there's, there's no unspoken rules for comedians. Mm. I don't think so. Okay. But in Vegas, it's more of a cross country. Like people come from New York to Vegas. And if they try, it is, a, you have to be a little different. You have to approach it different because people are more uptight, I guess. I feel that. I don't know. I'm not getting in trouble. But I, you know I'm not I mean? really one to talk, but I, I did, uh, I hosted a, a comedy night at a place called The Beach on Paradise. It no longer exists. And they asked me to host. I hosted it for a few weeks. I did about five or 10 minutes of just making fun of people. Mm-hmm. And I, I made a couple jokes to uh, a couple black members and their and their oh, say girlfriends, black members, like members that. Uh, <laughs> black members. Oh, listen, you, you probably felt that, right? I'm offended. I, I, I made a, think it's something different. I know, I'm offended. I, I, made, I made a couple jokes. Okay, a couple jokes that I won't say on the air, but you know. Listen, something Wait, that I want to hear it now. Okay, Say it. I said back up a few feet. Your your genitalia is leaning up against the stage. Stuff like that. Wait, and they were offended. That's actually kind of. They funny. were waiting for me. Well, I said a couple of jokes that I'm not going to say on the air. That, but nothing like Kramer stuff. Okay. Nothing like that. Did you call me they were waiting line? for. No, God. <laughs> they were waiting for me after the show. Really? Calling me cracker. Yeah. Oh, I said I don't think wow. I want to make a hundred bucks a week to do this anymore. Yeah. So wow. that was the end of. But Michael, it's also. I'm not saying I wasn't there, but some people. Somebody else could have said the exact same thing that you said, and they would. It would have been yeah, fine. It would have been fine. That's racist. <laughs> well, I didn't say well, it could have been another white guy. No, no, but you're right. It depends on who. who I mean, who I, does can, it, right? I can get away with a lot more, right? 
than, yep. than other people. Now, Mark, we, we have a few more minutes left, and I, I want you to actually tell the audience who's listening in currently, what is your brand of comedy? Can you explain to us what it looks like, how it feels, what they're going to expect when it comes to your shows? Sweaty. Oh. I, I'm, and I like a it. Sex club. <laughs> Mark, are you Jewish sex club. Hey, I work for tips. Uh, what kind of tips? Off my uh, Just the tip. Um, yeah. Uh, what was the question? <laughs> the question is how would you how would you describe some brand of comedy? Oh, All right, uh, silly, uh, fun, uh, and, yeah. and 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 really, I am the host of the show. Mm. I mean, I, it's so funny because I've been it. a comedian for a long time, but people always come up. You, you're great. You should be a comedian. <laughs> Because I'm the host, so they right. don't look at me. So you're introducing all the other comics. You do 10, 15 minutes. You and, introduce the next And I really right am catering to the show. Mm. Of course. It, 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 it's so funny because love that. up front, you know, I can do whatever I want yeah. at the time. And if the audience is good, I'll do less time mm. because they're good already. Well, I'm, I, I got some bad news for you, though. Uh-oh. I'm going to catch your show this weekend. Oh, boy. It's a good go. show. Yeah, Come yeah. by. I please. am. So I want to give out the information. Uh, Comedy Cellar, two shows nightly, 7 and 9.30 at the Comedy Cellar at the Rio. At the by the Rio. way, the steakhouse up there is phenomenal. I've never been. Yeah, I want to go. It's really good up there. They don't comp you. Come on. Oh, oh. Yeah. Upstairs. Oh, oh, that's like, I didn't. Yeah, the one Wait, way upstairs. Wait, to heaven? Yeah. <laughs> No, no, it, it, they got some really good restaurants there. I used to go there every year for the World Series of Poker, but they don't have it there anymore. Oh, wow. yeah. They have it at, at Bally's in Paris now, right? I yeah. lived in the Sahara Hotel for two years. Really? You yeah. lived there for you two lived years? lived there? The but why did you live there? Because I was doing that Rat Pack show. Oh, that's wow. right. Back, it was like real show business. Was that when it was the Sahara? Yeah, because they changed the name a couple times. Yeah. Did you yeah, the big ring? No, no. I did it in my house in LA. Oh, look at that! Wow. I should, look at that! I should be a comic, right? I want to yeah, get a free comp suite. It was listen good. The, the suite that you had for your birthday party. That was awesome. I would live in that. Yeah. It was. Sweet. I didn't know Mark back then. Otherwise, I would have invited. Thanks, him. Mark. I appreciate it though. Thank, thank you yes, so thank much. You. For, nice I can't wait to see your show. I'm going to check it out yeah, this weekend. Uh, sure. The comedy seller, Mark Cohen, very funny man. I appreciate that and having a good time with us. Uh, Seven and nine thirty. Two shows nightly at the comedy seller. Uh, at the Rio, uh, especially this day and age, we need to laugh a little bit more. They are great shows. Yes. yes. I'm not even great, great really comics. Great yes. Shows. No question about it. And Mark, you're one of them. I appreciate oh, you being here. You should thank, be a comic. Thank you, for, <laughs> thank you for putting up with us. I appreciate yes. that. And yeah. uh, We needed this release after our yes. last segment. I know. I heard you yelling when I was waiting. Quit. Yeah, yeah, I do. By that the way, him, not me. there's going to be more yelling tomorrow as we go. A lady who wrote a book about George Soros. Now, George Soros is ruining the country. He's going to be joining us on the air tomorrow. Yeah, I'm sure that'll be fun. Uh, so thanks for joining us, everybody. Appreciate it. We will see you tomorrow, same time, same place. Have a great Tuesday. Bye, guys.